great Christmas, Karen, because it pulled the Queen of Pentacles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you, lovely queen, are going to get everything that you want for Christmas this year. She's, like, arrogantly, like, holding her little pentacle, like, yeah, what about it? (laughs) You know, I... I'm going to associate that with all kinds of Christmas goodies. When I posted my hot chocolate recipe on Instagram. That looked so good. I hashtagged it queen of pentacles. I'm going to choose to see that as me just eating all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that it sounds like the greatest Christmas ever to me. I don't want presents. I just want to eat pounds of my mom's homemade Chex Mix, which is a weird thing. <laughs> That would definitely be my last meal. I've said that on multiple. My mother's homemade Chex Mix, she only makes it Christmas. Holy Moses. I don't know what makes it so good, but it is. Oof. <laughs> I heard a Chex Crunch when I died. <laughs> that Emily. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. If, if through your subconscious you hear like Chex Mix, that's me dying. <laughs> I, I think I would actually be okay with that, to be honest with you, because that means it's Christmas time. I'll have just seen my family. But yeah, I think it would be okay going that way. You know, that's kind of interesting. Like you think about like the last thing you want to eat before you die. And I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm always having these paranoid fantasies about like, what's the last thought that's going to be in my head. And I hope it's not like that stupid SAT question I missed in high school that I, I figured out the answer to like one minute after the timer went off. (laughs) Oh my God. Like when I'm 98 years old, I'm going to be like 88 degrees. and then (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. No, no. My last thought will probably be something like, did I leave the oven on? <laughs> I feel like that's a Queen of Pentacles problem to have. <laughs> it is definitely a Queen of Pentacles problem. Listen, like, I live up in my Pentacles. I'm a triple Earth. I live in my Pentacles. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, so what am I getting in my stocking? All right, tell me, tell me, see. tell me, tell me. Yeah, what you're getting in your stocking for Christmas is... A reversed nine of swords. Oh, great. All my anxiety will be gone. Fab. <laughs> That's well, you know, great. If, if you're going to get coal in your stocking for any reason, it would actually kind of backfire on Santa because you'd probably just look up its healing properties and put it on your altar. <laughs> yes, I absolutely would. Or, or, you know, just like burn it and like, you know, as, as like some offering to my ancestors or something and be like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, it's going to save me five bucks on my energy bill. <laughs> correct. Yes. I am practical to a fall. If I get socks or underwear in my Christmas stocking, I'm like, yay, I don't need to buy anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely welcome our verse nine of swords. Cause like I, I also live in the nine of swords. I'm very much my Mars is in Gemini, which is that card. I will welcome that. That's great. That that's the best gift I could ever ask for is is you're, you're getting a break from the nine of swords for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> fabulous. So pa, 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 pa. welcome to the fabulous Fool's Tarot Podcast. I'm V with Mystical Millennial. And I'm Karen with Grail Seekers Tarot Shop. What are we talking about today? Who are we talking about today? Talking about 
judgment. Santa Claus is checking his list. If there's ever a time we're going to feel judged, it's maybe around Christmas if you follow the Christmas season. (laughs) I mean, everybody is at least aware of Santa Claus and what he does. So like, regardless of what you celebrate during this time of year, which happy everything, you guys, it's wonderful. But yeah, everybody is aware of, you know, the bowl full of jelly belly and what that came out weird. <laughs> jelly belly, jelly belly Santa. <laughs> you came up with this idea a while ago, Karen. You've been excited about this like since Halloween. Santa is judgment. I think that was in the scary card episode, wasn't it? <laughs> We're like, that's Santa. From now on, I'm always going to think of Santa differently. I mean, it's a way to make the card kind of fun, I guess, instead of scary. <laughs> So let's talk about judgment itself for a minute, because judgment, since I've been reading tarot for myself, seriously, has been a sticky, 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 sticky card. My first stack that I bought for myself, the Shadowscape stack, every Uh single freaking reading, I had judgment. And the judgment card in that deck is gorgeous. It's bright blue, and it's got all these beautiful orange poppies at the bottom, and the little person blowing the trumpet which is that traditional, you know, on Judgment Day, they blow the trumpet in the biblical sense, which is in the traditional tarot. Every single reading, I'm like, what is this about? And that was the first card I drew from the Celtic Dragon deck was Judgment. It's a very different kind of Judgment. It's a person sick in their bed, and this green dragon is kind of sitting there putting its healing hands on them. The person can't see the dragon because some of the dragons are not purposefully not visible so it's a totally different take on judgment the celtic dragon turns a lot of tarot on its head it's a wonderful deck but yeah that was the first card i drew in the celtic dragon deck and i was like are you serious that judgment is the first card it's stalking you Mm. and (laughs) it stalked me for Uh, over a year now lately i haven't seen it as much lately it's been the way shower in the da vinci deck which that's a whole separate thing do you know off the top of your head, like what astrological sign judgment is? Yes, it is not a sign. It is a planet. It is our favorite planet. Pluto, <laughs> our non, our favorite non-planet. Oh, I have it in one of my notebooks. What element judgment was associated with? Because judgment is one of those major arcana that it is like a bit of a mystery to me. You know, there are depths to be delved into. <laughs> I feel like yeah. if I start with what element is it, I can't, I kind of get it. Um, well, Pluto is the god of the underworld. Because it's such a distant, cold planet, it makes me think of water for some reason. But when you think of underworld, I think of fire. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that whole underworld, then you have these people coming out of coffins in the in the original Rider yep. Waite card, right? Yeah. Oh, it's fire. You're right. It's fire. It's wands. Oh, nice. Okay. That's really interesting. I have this like tarot Bible, which I, I think it's out of print, but I think it's around. It's called spiritual tarot. And it's just using the tarot for like personal enlightenment, personal development. So all the interpretations of the cards are kind of done in that context. Mm. But they go through some of the symbolism in the traditional Rider-Waite card. And it's these people looking up at, I guess, the Archangel Gabriel. And they're standing in these open coffins and they're all gray. And it's like a a man, a woman, and a child with people in the background. But 
so you have that Pluto connection, right? Because they're like, they're coming out of these coffins. Judgment day, really. Yeah. So in the Bible, for those of you who don't know, the writer Smith Waite deck is based very, very heavily in the Bible, which I always found super interesting because a lot of Christians these days are, are these days are kind of like, oh, tarot is evil. I was literally talking to someone earlier today that was like, well, I'm Catholic, so tarot is a little weird to me. And I said, well, this is what it's about. But we talked for a while. But I mean, I grew up in the church and I know a lot of these astrological, so, or, excuse, astrological Christian associations. See, see, my brain is already done with the Christian stuff. <laughs> I'm a full on witch now. <laughs> Sorry, great grandma. (laughs) Anyway, so I know all of those biblical associations like the devil, you know, and in the lover's card, Adam and Eve in the garden. And I think that's Michael in the lover's card. Um, But in judgment, it's Gabriel. Gabriel's trumpeting everybody home. He has big, beautiful wings. He just takes up half the card. And on the bottom, yeah, like you said, there's these like zombie people. Coming out of their coffins. Yay, we're going to go home. The after tarot, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of the after tarot, is hauntingly awful. Oh, gosh. There's a bunch of skeletons in coffins, and Gabriel is, like, really upset. Oh, oh, my God. Even in the before tarot, which is uh, writer Smith, wait one moment before, he hasn't blown the trumpet yet. Everybody's still in their coffins, and Gabriel looks so upset because it's like, I'm going to wake everybody up. But not everybody's going to get to go. Oh, that's interesting. And that's like that scary aspect of judgment, you know, that really freaky, like wrap that whole left behind thing with what was his name? Who was in the growing pains? Kurt, Kurt Cameron. Wasn't he in that left behind series? Did you ever see that? Oh, we started to watch it. That thing freaked me the F out as a child. That was the scariest thing. And I actually went to during Halloween time. There was a local church that put on a full multi-room haunted house that was the rapture. And like the first scene was like half a plane had crashed. And there was a, listen, this is the worst bit, a playground full of children's clothes scattered all over the place. Because apparently in the Bible, all the little kids get to go up to heaven they're saved automatically yeah it was the freakiest crap and then you do the aftermath where there's like seven years of good stuff and seven years of bad stuff and the antichrist comes and and i don't know i don't remember where judgment day falls into all of this but it was so it was so i cried the first time we went i I think i went three or four times over the years but the first time i went i came home bawling my eyes out just so upset and my mom was like what happened to you I was like I'm gonna let Jesus take care of everything now <laughs> like oh, I got scared into Jesus oh my gosh that's I'm not good. saying anything bad against the Christian church it can be really great I actually really enjoyed growing up in the Christian church but that was a very scary thing for me growing up I'm still a little afraid of it Stop. <laughs> segment called V describes all of her hopes and fears, especially the fears. You know, even though I think the Rider Waite deck has these Christian origins, I, I think we still have to like deconstruct our own ideas about judgment. And that when it comes to the tarot card, what separates you from salvation is yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's not really like actions that you take. I guess it's kind of like choosing not to receive it, right? I, I have a friend who's a who's a Catholic theologian 
(laughs) Like her interpretation is that Christ, he saved everyone. What that means theologically, she couldn't really say. Like, so what does that mean if you're Catholic or you're Hindu or you're, she's, she was pretty comfortable, I think if I'm remembering correctly, with the mystery of that. He didn't just come to save some people. I think about that often because I'm Catholic. (laughs) Like the judgment card, right? And I, I think that all of the agony that I've suffered in life has come from like my own like regrets or Mm -hmm. inability to Oh, this book I was reading, Spiritual Tarot, talks about judgment being like, they don't use this term to describe it, but it's almost like a rite of passage where you go through this process of evaluating the things that you've done, coming to some higher awareness of them, and just experiencing liberation from the past. So it's kind of like a a card of release, I guess, that that the judgment process helps you get through to the other side, which is where you're kind of letting go and moving on and liberated from those regrets, the guilt, the burdens. So the people in the judgment card are gray, which always creeped me out. But I guess what they were saying in this book is that in some cards, like the high priestess, you have a white, you're supposed to have a white pillar and a black pillar, but I guess it shows up sometimes as gray and black because Mm. of the card, the color palette of the card stock and the chariot is black and white. And so you get all these images where you've got these opposites be, you know, being unified maybe by a person. So gray, like kind of represents the coming together of those opposites. So like the pillars and the hierophant are gray. So the people in the judgment card are gray showing that they've kind of merged these two opposites. Everybody in the card is reaching up to Gabriel. Like every single person in there is like accepting, welcoming this moment. They're they're all expecting because they've been woken up from the dead. If they're all yeah. expecting to be welcomed into eternal heaven. That's a heck of a disappointment if they're not. <laughs> I guess that's the implication of like Gabriel looking kind of upset in the before tarot. Like I have to wake everybody up and they have to be judged and... My job is to wake everyone up. Gabriel has a very neutral part in this whole card. I I guess I like that they're all, I don't know, to me, like that image just kind of reminds me of that moment. You just let something go, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, they're not normal human color. They're, they're the gray. They're something, they've passed through death. There's something other than what they were. To me, it's really noticeable. Like, ah, these bluish gray people. (laughs) Yeah. They've transcended and they're now uh, extraterrestrials. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Like the extraterrestrial. So with me, what I've discovered, especially as my tarot journey has grown and I've used other decks and experienced the judgment card in so many different ways. Yeah. I used to be a very judgmental person, particularly when I was a member of the Christian church. I always say I used to have a stick up my ass. It's true. I thought that any music that wasn't Christian music was inherently bad. Uh, I thought yoga was bad because it encouraged you to practice some sort of internal spiritual 
thing and that might pull me away from God. (laughs) And um, I went to college and I started reading a lot of poetry, particularly Walt Whitman's poetry. And I was like, oh, organized religion is um, there's there's better ways of like figuring out what the what God and the universe is about. And what I was telling the Catholic person I was speaking with earlier today was that. The number one thing I learned when I opened my mind up to the tarot and all this other magical cool stuff was that God is bigger than the box we have put him in. No matter what you call him, if you call him God, if you call him Allah, if you call it the universe, if you call it a higher power, it's much bigger than the box religion puts it in. And that, I think, is the problem why I struggled with the judgment card for so long. I still, because like I said, I was getting the judgment card a lot early on in my journey as a tarot reader before I even started doing it professionally semi-professionally I guess (laughs) but or or doing any of this you know joining any of the kind of community well you know it's interesting you mentioned like the box that we put God in and I think it's it's funny I don't know I'm just like seeing this connection with the actual boxes or coffins in the car oh wow That's mm-hmm. interesting. Maybe that card is calling you to like not live in that box. I'm not saying you are, but like you're, you know, like that that box that that we that we put God in. Why is that card stalking you? <laughs> I mean, it's not anymore. It's really not anymore. It was for like the first four or five months of when I bought my first tarot deck for myself and said, I'm going to learn this. I want to do this. It's fun. And before I even started reading for other people, when I was still trying to learn it on my own, and I really just had the Shadowscapes deck, that was pretty much it. And I kept getting it. Really, honestly, the Shadowscapes deck, the judgment card is positive and beautiful. Like even the people that are coming up out of the ground are these pretty little floaty ghosty things and they're just like join with the trumpeter it's really beautiful but it was very confusing and I couldn't understand why I kept getting that card and these days I see judgment and a lot of the time I'm like okay you shouldn't be so judgmental I pulled judgment for someone else in a different, the fantasy tarot the other day, and it was about withholding judgment until you get all the facts for that person, for that particular, it was the kind of a career situation. So yeah. it was basically at saying, before you go into the situation, like swinging a hammer and getting on everybody's butt come from a place of curiosity instead of jumping to conclusions, which I think judgment is about jumping to conclusions a lot. So it can mean lots of things. Yeah. But it's not stalking me anymore because I think I finally moved on to a place where I'm pretty much calling myself a witch because I don't know what else to call it. Somebody actually asked me if I was Wiccan the other day and I said, no, I just like sparkly rocks and tarot cards and and candles (laughs) but I mean I say more often that I'm magical than I am a witch because I think it sounds softer to people yeah there's still this idea of witch persecution which is another judgment thing Um, yeah but yeah it's easier to say oh I'm a tarot reader than I'm a witch because I identify better with reading tarot and have in all the tools that comes with it. After all, I am a Virgo. I need all my, if I don't have my tools, I don't feel like I'm a witch. (laughs) (laughs) What is your encounter with the judgment card? I 
hardly ever pull it. It's one of those cards that I, I don't have a lot of personal experience with, I guess. Yeah, I so I, I don't have like a ton of context for that card. Well, here, I so while you were talking about your experience, experience with judgment this the card the, I, this card just like wanted to come out <laughs> it was re- reversed world <gasps> so That's the card that comes and, right after judgment isn't it yeah it's reversed so I wonder you know it strikes me that if I laid them out in numerical order right like judgment is kind of the end of a second cycle because it's a 20 and she in the reverse position is actually then looking away from where the judgment card would be if she right. the world looking is forward. Reversed. So I want you know, but if she's upright, her face is kind of facing what where the judgment card would be. I I love the world even when it is reversed because it's round, so it's constantly cyclical, like the wheel of fortune in the world. I've I've mistaken them if I don't immediately look at which card it is. I'll see it and I'll be like, oh, it's the world, or oh, it's the wheel of fortune, because they're both wheels, and that's what gravitates so much. The world is more oblong and is that laurel wreath. Right, victorious, right. more more of that image. But I've seen it depicted. It looks a lot like what you might imagine the wheel would be if you're not super familiar with the deck. Oh yeah, you're right. Which honestly, I don't because yeah, the astrological, the four um, cardinal astrological signs, they're all in both of those cards. They're super similar in the traditional deck. Well, and and since you mentioned the fact that it's a circle, I wonder if. Can it ever really be like truly fully reversed, right? Right. Is, I mean, exactly. it, that's a good point that you're making about that. So, so I wonder what reversed world has to do with judgment. Like maybe you've passed through judgment, but you're you're just sitting there, maybe on the doorstep to seeing what the universe has to offer you and how you're connected to it. I wonder if that's like the lesson of judgment that you you know, in order to to fully be in that world moment where you feel this connection, broader connection to the world. If you see all the major arcana as stages in this evolution, what about the judgment experience allows you to then get to the world? I mean, it's after the star, it's after the moon, it's after the sun, you mm-hmm. know, it's the last hard before the world but in the tarot all of us can get to the world right it's not like this idea that you know some people are gonna fail and not make it (laughs) yeah maybe once you you make it past the judgment stage because I think judgment is an important part of anyone's spiritual awakening whether that be in a more witchy spiritual sense more tarot spiritual sense or really any kind of spiritual sense, you know, you have to let go of the judgment you have of yourself and let Jesus save you in the Christian faith, letting go of the judgment of yourself. And then you come to salvation, which I would argue would be the world. Like if it were going to make a deck that was strictly Christian, I think the world would be salvation. It's kind of that ultimate constant in Christianity, no matter what you do, if you've accepted Jesus, you're saved. Like, even if I, I were to renounce all of this yeah. crap and go back to Christianity and they would be like, oh, you're still saved. That's cool. Like you invited him one time. Like you're welcome back. You know, I would be I, the poster I, child for Christianity, though, coming back from doing tarot. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like that judgment card is so difficult because I'm my biggest problem. I'm the one who's creating baggage for myself and creating these emotional situations that separate me from my spirituality, from my loved ones. And I think that's the release that that judgment card is asking you to let go of. You have to forgive yourself sometimes. You have because carrying those burdens around just separates you from everything good that you're supposed to be connected to. And I, I guess that maybe that's the fire that you pass through to be able to reach that higher consciousness and move beyond all those burdens that you carry that, that maybe it's okay, you know, shocking statement, like to set aside. <laughs> It's like one of those things where you practice what you preach because I tell people all the time, it's okay to feel your emotions. It's okay to like have a bad day and then I have a bad day and have to feel my emotions and I go absolutely cuckoo because I don't. It's like you said, you know, we're, we're our own worst critics. We create all these obstacles for ourselves. Everybody is somewhat, you know, they want for themselves perfection. Yeah. And judgment is asking you to let go of that perfection. Right, right. Yeah, like you're going to stay in that coffin or you're going to get your ass out of it. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah, like you like listen, like you don't know if you're good enough or not, but you won't know for sure if you don't get your ass out of the coffin. Yeah. Weren't yeah. we supposed to be talking about Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Enough with the freaking religion talk. Good. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, holy, that's all right. (laughs) We got really deep. You know, I always get surprised when we go really deep. This is what happens when we don't have an outline. (laughs) (laughs) This card though, like I couldn't make an outline. It was. It's a heavy card. (laughs) It's like why we have only one episode for the entire month of December is because judgment is so heavy. That's enough. (laughs) It's enough. (laughs) So let's pull another card. What, What would our question be like? What comes after judgment? The world? No, oh, like, mean, oh, hello, question, like... <laughs> What comes after judgment? Okay, I'm like, uh, <laughs> like... well, for me, it's a lot of drinking on New Year's and game. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually, I don't drink that much, and I try. To, I spend the night trying to convince my husband to play strategy games with me, and then we both fall asleep before we get around to it. <laughs> so, all right. So, what? Oh, What's our question? That. What comes after judgment? Yeah, what comes after our own judgment of ourselves? Yes. Yeah. You got the Wheel of Fortune. Ooh, that's funny. This Wheel of Fortune, though, in the Wizard Tarot is like a Mother Maiden Crone Wheel of Fortune. Oh. Yeah. So the Maiden is at the spinning wheel, which has all of the astrological signs on it. It's very Sleeping Beauty-esque. Because she's sitting in front of the hearth with the little the little spindle. There's the ma- the mother and the crone behind her, kind of as ghosts, floating in the air, not really looking at her, but just kind of they look like they're like floating in her memory. You know what she's imagining herself to be. I guess after judgment, not only does your wheel keep spinning, the world keeps moving on, but oh, you can yeah. kind of let go of that not childish view. But uh-huh. uh, I guess naive view of the world yeah. that you used to have and can kind of move on to more of that motherhood experienced view and even move into that. I hate the word crone <laughs> because it implies <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> gross, ugly wordiness. But um, 
how about we just say high priestess then? Because <laughs> I think that's the ultimate like experienced woman. So I'm going to say maiden empress high priestess. <laughs> <laughs> but you can move on into move from that naive view of the world into more of the, the motherhood experience, which you are a mother. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you're beautiful to babies. Um, well, they're not baby babies. <laughs> you're currently in the motherhood stage. And I think maybe you've been like holding on to that like naive younger stage, but you're very much in that motherhood stage. But you can even start looking towards that high priestess stage just because of the experience in life that you've gained. All of your extensive knowledge, all the decks that you collect and things like that. Karen has an amazing deck collection, by the way, and she has a great YouTube channel where she shows them off all the time. So, well, thank you. I've got I've a got, plug. Yeah, I've, Grail Seekers Tarot Shop on YouTube. <laughs> I'm on a purchasing hiatus right now. <laughs> yeah, same with crystals for me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, our Christmas is one of like a lack. <laughs> so I pulled for you a reverse seven of wands oh for what comes after your judgment so and that's the guy standing on this raised ground and there's you know and he's carrying one staff and there's six staffs kind of at various angles in front of him almost like he's fighting them I actually see this as stepping back from the struggle Mm. because I see this seven of wands as somebody who is, they're in a struggle. And it could be that their conviction is being tested by others. But it could also be that they're struggling, you know, sometimes I think each one possibly could represent their own ideas, their own thoughts, or passions, they're sorting through this process, whether it's in opposition to others, or this internal struggle. What comes after judgment is just stepping back from that struggle Mm. uh, since it's reversed. And I actually, I pulled the shadow card from the bottom of the deck also just because I was curious. Oh. It's the reversed fool, which (sighs) just reminds, (laughs) it reminds me a lot of what you were saying about when you pulled my card about this idea that you're no longer naive or innocent. Like you've got this wisdom of experience. Like you may be starting a new journey after judgment. I mean, it is a 10 card, right? Which is what the fool is doing, but maybe doing it with more wisdom. And so I, and so I think that actually this, this reverse seven of wands is just honestly, just giving yourself a break, just enjoying for a moment, like stepping out of that intense energy and enjoying this feeling of release that maybe you get if you pass through the judgment stage Aw, i love that and you know what isn't that what christmas is (laughs) (laughs) passing through the judgment and just enjoying it yeah like just sitting and like just put the struggle like aside for a minute and you know i think winter naturally should be a time of withdrawing a little bit from the world trying to like de-intensify your life and and actually I think as a Catholic that's what we're supposed to be doing too although it's the opposite because you're trying to make travel plans and you're trying to buy gifts for people and it's like 
suddenly you're more intense and, you know, things are more intense. But I think really spiritually, it's like a time of, you know, literally like pregnant waiting, but you're waiting, you're just, it's out of your control. And you're just hanging out until LBJ shows up on December 25th. I mean, it's, and you're just. (laughs) Wait, did you say LBJ? Yeah. Lyndon Bates Johnson? Little baby Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I got that from my sister. That's amazing. We got to have your sister on the show. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's an idea. (laughs) Well, I say one of my favorite curses is sweet baby Jesus. I've heard you say that. I love that. I say sweet baby James a lot, but I I like sweet baby Jesus a lot. (laughs) If you're going to (laughs) curse. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm calm again. I'm fine. That's fabulous. Here's what I'm going to say for your cards. Set the struggle aside, and that new journey will be waiting for you with a little more wisdom and experience. Like once the new year comes. Nice so. wrap up, girl. Yeah, give yourself a rest. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the first person to tell me that in the last two months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's weird to me that you were just saying that the winter time is a time for slowing down, but our astrological signs of the wi- as winter is coming in is are Sagittarius and Capricorn. For God's sakes. Sagittarius is literally a fire arrow, and Capricorn is that that heart arguably the hardest working sign of the zodiac just constantly climbing that precarious freaking mountain and maybe it's to counteract the winter time the like sluggishness of the winter time is capricorn earth yes i mean i know sagittarius is fire um so that's a good question i mean thinking about the season and thinking about what are the ways that Fire can be a retreat for us because the wands, you're seven of wands. I mean, wands are fire. So, well, maybe, maybe if you think about Sagittarius more of aiming and oh, yeah. more of manifesting, like, so like your inner fire, yeah, right? you know, like, well, maybe. So, I'm just trying to force that into my idea about like retreating from the world. I mean, it could be like focusing on gear goals, personal stuff, right? Rather than, you know, the externalities of life that we get caught up in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Capricorn is earth. Winter, you know, the winter season is the earthy season too. So groundedness, yeah, coal in your stockings, like that grounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And get some rocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I, I've uh, been seeing actually a lot of how Santa is totally a Capricorn because he's so judgmental. Oh, uh, interesting. Like constantly making lists, doing all these very earthy things, passing judgment. And that's why, you know, we were going to do judgment during Christmas because it reminds yeah. us of Santa. And it's funny, like, I think that's a commentary on our modern american society because the original santa story was this guy who like went around and gave gifts to like poor families or something like that i think we came along and inserted this whole like judgment (laughs) this judgmental aspect which i have to say as a parent i totally appreciate like all the people who came up with this idea had kids 
I'm sure. My daughter, who's five, came home from school and she was all of a sudden last week really worried Santa wasn't going to get her anything. And we Aww. don't even really, we don't, we downplay the whole Santa thing, to be honest. She's been going around like doing little extra nice things in the house <laughs> because she thinks Santa's watching her. Oh, <laughs> okay. But that's what you're saying. It is exactly how this thing came to be. It's a, it's a reverse boogeyman tactic. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not, oh, well, if you're bad, the boogeyman will come get you. It's a, well, if you're good, Santa will bring you presents. No, it, it's completely messed up because yeah. it's actually counter to this Christian idea of like saving love. Again, we're not trying to be like Christian radio broadcast hour, but I mean, I know what happened. <laughs> But like the whole, there's no judgment whatsoever in the Christmas story. And yet, what do modern humans come along and do? Like, ah, I think this needs a judgment component. Uh (laughs) Let's make a judgy Santa. But also the fact that he professes to be all-knowing, that's super (laughs) judgmenty. Really says a lot about who we are fundamentally as a society that creates this figure like that. I mean, look, it's, as adults, I think it's like a fun thing, and and people don't really take it seriously. It's hard for me personally to let go of judging myself. I mean, oh, it's yeah. hard. You know, you you'd have to re envision the world if you let go of that, and that's scary. I think, even though it's positive, you know, maybe our society is stuck in this a reversed version of the judgment card. (laughs) Well, especially because Christmas has become such a consumerist thing. Like the older I get, because in my family, there are no little ones yet. We all work. So usually on Christmas day, if it's during a weekday, we don't get together. Like this year, we are doing it the weekend before because we, that's when we can all get together. What we do we're all adults. We get together, we drink, we play games, we eat ourselves silly. And yeah. that's Christmas. Like Christmas doesn't mean the gifts anymore. Even though my mom still decorates the house and makes all the things from when we were little kids. Christmas has always been a really big deal. We love music in our family. We have all these wonderful Christmas albums. It becomes less about the gifts and if you're good or not. Like and <laughs> like if Santa were bringing right. the gifts, it becomes yeah. more about just spending the time right. together. Because, but, like, that's the thing about Christmas, again, is that it's just, it becomes this big consumerism thing. Right. Especially yeah. people have made the argument a lot, especially because of the planetary crisis. You know, you're ordering stuff. And I've no. I tried to buy local this year. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I tried really hard to buy local. So that way, A, it wasn't packaged. But B, you just find some cool, unique stuff. I think that's so cool and actually listening to you talk it occurs to me that like winter time is the time of pentacles right that's mm-hmm. earth and Absolutely. all those pentacle cards I mean are really about like the king of pentacles is someone who is generous to others yes and it's all like home and hearth and that yeah. that ten of pentacles is oh that's a great Christmas the, card like yeah like the family abundance and I and I think that you know even the Christmas story like this little family in the you know in the barn with the animals and it's this generous act it has nothing to do with judgment in this judgment episode we're we're reclaiming the pentacly nature of Christmas. 
Well, it's really funny you say that because, you know, we drew the Queen of Pentacles for your stocking stuffer card. And all the pentacle, the court cards and the pentacles and the wizard tarot, which I'm using today, mm -hmm. they're, yeah. they live in the mountains. They're mountain gnomes and they're snow and they're, they really are embracing the winter. Yeah. It's lovely. Like the Knight of Pentacles, which we've seen before actually on the podcast, he's kneeling down in the snow. It's, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. He's really cool. Speaking of the wizard tarot, so I've been really excited to talk about this. I'm going to make a huge jump and talk about the judgment card and the wizard tarot because yeah. the wizard tarot, as some of devoted listeners will know, is the not Harry Potter deck, but it's a Harry Potter deck. Sort of. <laughs> it's not Harry Potter. There's no lightning scars or Voldemort's, but it's basically the Harry Potter deck. <laughs> Everybody's got different colored tunics for different colored houses. So the judgment card, I call this the Professor Snape card. <laughs> nice. We've talked, once again, we met, it's either Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. An episode can't go by without it. <laughs> yes, my Harry Potter character for the judgment card, absolutely Severus Snape. So in the Wizard Tarot judgment card, it is a Professor holding a book watching the students take the exams and it like immediately I was like oh that's Severus Snape <laughs> oh my gosh well and he gets misjudged too to some absolutely. degree right absolutely absolutely misjudged multiple times he's like the anti-hero of the Harry Potter series honestly kind of ends up a hero I don't know. He's a very complicated character. I really still don't know what my opinion is on Severus Snape. I wobble daily. Oh, so angsty, you know. I don't appreciate the way he treated Lily, but also he tried to make up for it. I don't know. But that's also, you know, at the end of his life, like, what is he, what is he judged for? You know, is he right. judged for right. his youth and his angstiness right. and his kind of... right. I don't know if I'd call it cruelty, but almost. Yeah. I mean, in, right. I'm by all appearances, he looked like he was a Death Eater, but he was really a spy. But he's also very judgmental. He's kind of a good example of how much one can judge oneself, because I think the reason he was trying so hard at, in his elder years, not elder years, he wasn't super old, but, you know, as a professor when Harry came to school, was that he was, he was trying to make up for what he did to Lily. Yeah. And he did it for Lily. I mean, he did it for Lily. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. It's complicated when you love somebody who doesn't love you back. I could totally understand. Well, maybe, maybe that's like the reverse world that I pulled. Like, what yeah. comes after judgment? I mean, he isn't the world right he never attains that truly enlightened he never sheds all of his baggage but he grows no good character ever does <laughs> right no good point but he grows enough to I mean he's grown right and he's yes. he's a good guy he's he's a professor at Hogwarts he's got he's yeah he's, he he has the trust of Albus Dumbledore, and that's probably one of the highest honors you could have. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of insane. I'm not even sure if Albus completely trusts Harry. Oh. That's a totally different episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love that judgment card in the Wizard Tarot. Once again, that deck is so wonderful in its Hogwartiness. There is nothing more nerve-wracking, even to this day, as in a, uh -huh. I'm a 30-year-old woman. 
taking the test. Holy oh, moly. yeah. No. It doesn't just speak to the idea of judgment itself. That idea of you holding yourself to standards that if you don't meet them, your fallback is to judge yourself harshly, right? You know, that I think those kids taking the test, it's like a card that works both ways, right? Like, who's really doing the judging that's holding you back? That, you know, those kids have a certain impression of this testing situation and taking this test and the teacher, or like for some kids, it's their parents putting a lot of pressure on them. We are trained then to be so self-critical in such an unhealthy way. Uh, And then we just internalize that and it just becomes like the way we operate, keeping ourselves in those coffins rather than, you know, breaking free of them, I guess. It's very difficult to just start real, real life Fabulous Fool's Terror podcast moment. Karen and I kind of came up with the idea for this podcast and we're like, let's do it. And we we decided, (laughs) really, we decided we were just, we kept talking about it and talking about it and then we're like no we need to just record the first episode no we just need to do it and and that's the hardest part yeah starting a podcast arguably almost anything is starting yeah yeah you could probably talk to anybody with any amount of success in any industry and they would say the hardest part is just getting the courage to start my father always said the worst anybody someone can say is no but and, and then you don't even get to start to begin with. But I think it's it's that nine of swords energy of yeah. thinking it's going to be a lot worse than it actually is. Oh, my gosh. Be. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So oh I'm really gosh. happy. Once again, reverse nine of swords in my Christmas stocking. Fabulous, fabulous. Oh, energy. my gosh. We are our own worst enemies most of the time, aren't we? Like, I, yeah. I have some anxiety issues that I'm like, no, somebody actually did some crap to me. But but I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not all my fault, but I mean, I sometimes see the judgment card as just like, oh, like, finally, I can move on. Like, I'm just, I'm over it, done with this, and there are a lot of things out of my control, and like, I just, you know, like, when you pulled the Wheel of Fortune card, that's what it made me think of, that what comes next is accepting the fact that some things are out of your control, and that's okay, you know? (laughs) That's Absolutely. Well, we don't have a spread this week. Yeah, we, we pulled cards. Though. We did pull cards. It's fun. I like pulling cards for each other. So, but what's really exciting, you guys, coming in 2020, lots of really exciting things. So, fabulous full Sarah podcast will finally be getting its own Instagram page. Woo-hoo. Also, we're starting a book club. Yeah. Tell the people about the book club, Karen. So we have our first episode ready to go, but we haven't released it yet. We'd basically like to start discussing books that we've read and doing some podcast episodes where we talk about those books. But also, we really want to make this a community thing with the book club. So we're definitely counting on you all to recommend books and mm-hmm. absolutely would love to have guests on the show. Yeah. So the book club is going to be really fun. Um, we're going to definitely try and set up a forum so that we can all talk about the book, have some comments ready to go for episodes, but it's going to be a once a month episode. Also in 2020, we're going to be weekly, which is very exciting. Yeah. Well, we're going to try and be weekly as much as possible. You know, Karen's a busy mama and I'm a, a busy, oh, I'm a worker, cog, cog in a wheel worker. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> we're busy. We're busy ladies, but we really, we really are enjoying it. And we have a lot of exciting content. Um, we actually have a four part series that we're going to kick off January with after we do the book club episode. That's a big old secret. We sh- it just occurred to me. We should start referring to 2020 as double judgment. <laughs> <gasps> yes. Well, it's fu- It's funny. Yeah. Double judgment. Oh my God. That's too funny. Well, it's actually an emperor. I don't know why they they reduced it to an emperor year because two zero two zero equals four, so it's emperor right. year. I don't know. I think emperor and judgment would go hand in hand. An emperor has Ooh. to make a lot of judgment. It's basically their whole job. Ooh. Why didn't we think of that earlier on in the podcast? Oh well. <laughs> you guys, this is why we need an ally. <laughs> Well, every time anybody mentions the emperor, I just think of my sexy emperor card. I'm going to have to post him on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's two. There's two <laughs> so sexy. I, don't I can't even talk about the emperor because all I can think about. <laughs> my, only, <laughs> my only unique emperor is in the Celtic dragon. And he looks, he has his kids playing with little dragons. He looks more like the empress than the emperor. I'm telling oh, you, this, this Celtic dragon deck turns everything upside down well not reversal upside down but yeah the emperor the the swords are fire and the wands are air and the emperor looks like an empress like he still looks like a dude but his kids are it's it's crazy it's wonderful that's cool oh right all All right. right karen where can the people find you at grail seekers tarot shop on instagram and youtube yes excellent youtube channel and it's grail like the holy grail because i always have to say <laughs> you know what it just occurred to me it's a grail like the cups because you're a water sign oh. <laughs> where did you come up with grail seekers anyway have i asked you this oh my gosh that's like a whole nother episode I, ooh, ooh. Like, the, like the quest of your life just like king arthur and his ooh. men are searching for the grail and we all are searching for the grail and the major arcana follow the path of a of you the hero like on that journey questing for the grail that's how i made that's how i came up with that that was actually very concise i liked it but yes we totally do you know how many grails all i'm thinking about is monty python right now Can we please do a Monty Python episode? Yes. <laughs> I was so literally talking so today about how how easy it is. Anytime anybody's like, well, how far do you have, like, how long is it going to take you to get there? I'm like, African or European swallow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, she's Karen at Grail Seekers Tarot Shop, and I'm V <laughs> at Mystical Millennial on Instagram. and happy double judgment happy double judgment happy holidays happy christmas kwanzaa hanukkah well i think we're past hanukkah by the time this is coming out i don't i don't actually know wow i'm really bad i don't actually know when hanukkah takes place happy boxing day happy Happy yule Yule. (laughs) what else do the buddhists do anything christmasy time i don't know but emphasis on happy yes emphasis on happy and don't listen Number one thing, don't judge yourself too harshly because it's the end of the decade. All right. right. It's yeah. not a big deal. Times the wheel keeps spinning, baby. Yeah. And Even remember if it's a brand new year doesn't mean you need to take stock of everything from the last ten years. That's, that's a right. task. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you get coal in your stocking, you can always throw it at people you don't like. So. Yeah. Oh, I love it. 
That's what they say about crystals a lot. Like, oh, crystals help you, like, repel negative people? It's like, yeah, depending upon how hard you throw it. (laughs) There you go. Oh, man. All right, babies. Well, thank you so much for listening. Happy, happy, happy everything. See you in 2020.